Welcome to season four of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. I am so excited to share some new ideas and experiences with you and also introduce some more wonderful, fantastic people on the platform. Be sure to visit our site, www.beyourownkind.com to be able to keep up with the latest news and the latest blogs and content. Also, we have a Facebook community that involves giveaways, touch base, and exclusive deals. If you like the content, be sure to tip your girl Lamarcha T on Kofi, located at ko-fi.com backslash beyourownkind24. Thanks again for your continued support and enjoy the episode. Well, hello, Dr. K. How are you? Hola, hello, hello. Uh, coming to you live from the occupied homelands of the Spokane as purse and Palouse peoples in eastern Washington on a snow day here starting to receive some snow so feeling good feeling ready to go for the day you know not snow in October interesting <laughs> yes ma'am that's what happens out here it is one of those things I cringed and my poor dog cringed even harder having to go outside today I can imagine. Anytime I think of Spokane, I think of Frazier. <laughs> so that's, this is my first time here in Spokane in real life. Because it is a real place. I know that. But I've only heard of it on Frazier. So I'm like, Spokane, oh my God. <laughs> yes, that's right. And it's named after the Spokane peoples, actually. And Spokane oh. means children of the sun. Look at that. The more you know, the more you know. So listeners, I know we are just having a conversation. I just want to introduce you with her her entire name because I started off calling her Dr. K. But it's Dr. Kelly Alvarado Young. (laughs) She has come to bless us with her wisdom and her energy. Your energy is just so infectious. I don't know. Do do people tell you that? Like you have such a a light, bright energy. Yes, I get that very often. And I actually had a gentleman tell me one time, he was like, you smile at people like you know them. And I was like, I received that. That was one of the best compliments I ever got because, right, like all we're doing in this lifetime is re-remembering who we actually are and that we are divinity in ourselves, the like true expression of it. And so if I can connect with somebody for the day, whether it's, you know, five seconds and passing while I'm walking through the grocery store or having a conversation with an amiga here, it's something that's always really, really helpful. And it is probably one of the reasons why I do the work that I do around yoga, meditation for Latinas. And then in my daytime job, like my regular nine to five hustle, I help people as they onboard to a large global tech company. And I get that opportunity to make them feel seen, heard, welcomed, and reconfirm that they made the right decision to join our company. Nice. You answered the first question. Tell us a little bit about you. (laughs) You're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the game. So yoga, I am so interested in how... um, you entered that world and I, I I'm so I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest I am so intimidated to try it I'm like my leg can't do that and my arm cannot do this how did how did you get connected into that world 
So for me, yoga has been something that has helped me with my own personal healing. Okay. I'm a survivor of domestic violence. And as I was trying to piece together myself uh, from those experiences of who am I? What do I want in this world? What does it mean to own my own power? And where do I find safety starting with me first before I give to others? And it was getting the opportunity to go into like a hot yoga class. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna do it. I, I'm by myself now. I don't have any like real close friends or family. I was just looking for something to do. And I was in graduate school working on my master's. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go try out this yoga thing. It's something I can do by myself. And I went and it was hot yoga and it was hot. Like, y'all, it was, I was like, why? Why am I paying for this? Like, this is ridiculous. I can go to like Puerto Rico or Texas or Georgia <laughs> and do this. Pero it was good. I lived in very cold Seattle. So I'm like, all right, cool. And slowly but surely, as I started to stretch out my body, as I started to, you know, hear the pop crackles of things that my body was holding on to, I realized that my mind, my emotions, and my body weren't connected anymore. That I was going through the day and just doing what I needed to do to survive because I was in 100% survival mode. And when I got into like this pose called camel pose where you're kind of opening up your heart to the world, I was like, all right. I finally felt it. Like I felt the emotion. Like I didn't have to be the strong daughter anymore, the strong Iha. I didn't have to be the the survivor anymore of the, oh yes, I made it. Yay, look at me now, right? I didn't have to be the person that kept it together. I got to be me and me was falling apart at that time in my life. And it was so wonderful getting to do that through yoga. But like you said, right? Like. I am not flexible doing those pretzel things. I'm like, what is this? And the more I learned about yoga, I learned that there's different forms of yoga. And the yoga that is primarily here in the West is, guess what? White, <laughs> able-bodied, uh, female-identified, centric. And so as I've been going through my own yoga journey, I'm like, there's all sorts of yoga out there that doesn't require doing anything except laying on the floor, making yourself comfortable and feeling held and reconnecting with your breath. That's yoga. And so for me, one of the reasons why I created La Brega Yoga Flow and Meditation Space, which is my business, is to be able to introduce that, particularly to Latinas, that yoga does not have to be what you look at on Instagram where it's like all this, oh, I'm standing on a mountain so peacefully. I'm like, oh, hell no. I would be scared up there. Like, I'm going to fall off this mountain. You hear so much about people falling off of places because they're trying to get the perfect selfie. Oh, hell no. I'm a New Yorker at heart. So I'm like, mm -mm, mm -mm. that's how you die. That's how you die. So... I prefer to be able to really lean into a yoga that's around community, around healing, around reconnecting with our breath and our confidence of who we are. And especially in the Latinx culture, there's a lot of, well, 
as a good daughter, as a good wife, as a good insert this, this is who and how you are. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not like that. So <laughs> really helping unpack that with community, with yoga, with stretching, and really coming back to who we are so that we can go back into the world to be the best versions of ourselves is really what yoga is about and how I do yoga for Latinas. I love that. I love that. I saw in your about um, page on your website that you're just living in your flow. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And and I was going to ask you to, to, like, to explain that, but it sounds like you just did when explaining yoga, just, just letting go of um, being perfect. Because I feel like that's a thing with women, especially um, just trying to reach that um, non-existent perfect person, this perfect wife, perfect um, daughter, mom, whatever. Just everything you do, it's, it's just, it, and that's a lot of stress. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's a lot of stress, probably particularly because you can't, it's unattainable. Like, you're not gonna reach that, you know? Um, and I, you also have this quiz that I took. I took the Mia quiz. <laughs> And it aligned with that because I think the the quiz aligned with trying to be perfect. And so I was what a forty four percent La Buena. Okay. <laughs> yes, and it, it did tie in because I am a um, what do I call myself? I am a surviving codependent person. So um, it made a lot of sense when it says that I cannot say no and boundaries, and I work on that so hard. So I'm like, okay, get out of my business. And <laughs> and <laughs> and I align with that. So um, I'm just wondering, like, like how did you reach that point beyond yoga where you just dropped all this, this perfect this and perfect that? Mm-hmm. I am a recovering perfectionist, is what I call myself, uh, because for that very same reason, I was trying to be so perfect for everybody else to the point that it was hurting me. And that probably was one of the toughest conversations where I had to have with my parents. They lived in New York and I was living in Seattle. And they're like, oh, well, you need to come back to New York, obviously, if you're not going to be married anymore and you need us to take care of you, you come out here. And that was my pivot point where I realized I was like, thank you very much for your kind offer to come back to the nest. But it's too late. (laughs) I have left the nest. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go make some mistakes and I'm going to be okay with it. And I'm going to live out here where, you know, everybody's like, I have no idea what she's doing out there. Yo no sé lo que hace esa. And I was like, you know what? And I'm okay with that. When I stopped caring about people knowing what it was that I was doing, that's when I was like, all right, I'm good. That's personal. Throw in the work side. Oh, hell no. That was an even longer journey because yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, as one of the few Latinas. I was one of only for a very long time in many roles. I was one of a few BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color, identified folks. I was one of few women in the spaces. It was hard not to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I struggled and still do sometimes where I have to check myself to say, you know what? 
if this company aligns and respects me for all of me, then I will be who I'm going to be. And I'm going to tell you, I've worked for companies and different organizations where they're like, nah, we want you to be the token, the person who's our, you're our person of color. When there's something rabble rousing out there, we go out there, roll you out and you go, it's okay, everybody. I'm still here. And that wasn't okay with me anymore. A lot of that came through my own study in my PhD. My PhD work is around multicultural organizational development. So how are we creating organizations that actually are honoring all forms of peoples and not just lip service? And once I started seeing, all right, there are organizations out there that are doing this. There are places that I can work and feel like, all right, I'm gonna show up. And like you said, there's a lot of me, right? And this is how I show up all the time. And I wanted to be in a place where I could do that. Not the, hello, it's so lovely to see you today. I can white talk all day, but do I want to? Hell no. I wanna slip in, you know, my Spanglish and all that kind of stuff in my life. And that's really come, I think, out of the last two, three years through the COVID pandemic, particularly in the professional work setting, where I'm like, if I'm going to spend all this time with all these people, it doesn't benefit me to hide who I am because I show up exhausted to be who I am with my son, who's three years old, or my partner. I want him to like me at some time, you know, when we're done raising our child, that we don't stare at each other and go, who are you, stranger? You know? (laughs) So it really has been the pandemic that has helped me find my voice and uh, like decide to open up a business. Never in a million years did I think I would have a small business and a yoga business at that. I was like, that's like some white people crazy shit. Like, what? And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can make this about people like myself and center our identities and center our stories. And, you know, like with the Miha quiz, help people be seen that, yeah, it, it is a beautiful thing to be who we are as a community. And it's okay to also question how do we hold both at the same time? I agree with that. When I, when I saw that you wanted to talk about being in the workplace as a Latina, it kind of was like, man, I wonder how similar it is as being, you know, a black woman. Like women do share experiences, but it's different experiences depending on culture and race as well. So I know that it's not identical, but I was wondering if there were similarities because you know, as a, well, as you know, the stereotype of angry black woman, it's like, I too find myself having to come in you know, like this all the time because if I am not smiling and if I'm just on normal, like on average, I'm pegged as being angry. If my opinion differs from, you know, the masses, then I'm appeared as angry. So I was wondering, like, if you could share some of those little microaggression moments as a Latina woman in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the workplace is such an interesting place with so many differences and changes, right? Like, you're right, coming into spaces as a black woman, and for me, for those who are not able to see me, I am a light, a whiter presenting uh, Latina, I'm Puerto Rican, 
And I also think that that is something that is so important to name within the Latinx culture itself, the level of colorism that is happening, that being closer, more adjacent to whiteness brings you some form of privilege. And I think that is important to name, period, even for us as Latinx folks. And in the workplace, I think the places where I have seen the micro and the macro aggressions has been in that piece of being ambiguous enough that I've been in spaces, you know, people don't know who I am or, you know, they just see Kelly and they're like, oh, okay, here's another person doing whatever. And then they start talking. I was in a meeting once where somebody was talking hella crap about a Latin American country. Like, and this is like the meeting before the meeting, you know, people are coming in and they're talking about this and, oh yeah, did you know that country and blah, blah, blah. And then I turned around and I said to him, I was like, no, I'm Latina, right? And this was somebody that I knew too. So it's not even like it was a first time meeting them. I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just joking. And I'm like, there's no such thing as joking when you're tearing down other people. Right. I'm like, that's dangerous. And if that's a joke, here's your message. It's not okay to say. And this is like the meeting before the meeting. And you're right, like with the stereotype of the angry Latina or the emotional Latina. Oh, you're such a telenovela star is the biggest one that I would get because do I live a life in emotion? Yes, I am definitely very empathetic. Um, I have, a, you know, you see me big and in, in large color right now in my happy moments, but also if I'm in a sad or frustrating moment, you're gonna get that side of me as well. And I was really, really worried about being in spaces where it, it wasn't okay. And people were willing to just go over it. And I think when I realized in one situation, particularly around like the murder of George Floyd and other issues around race that had come to the forefront that no one could just say, oh, I can't see that or I didn't know about it. I had a really engaged conversation with my team, you know, all these department heads and they were just like, yeah, I just don't get it. I feel so attacked and like, I just lost it. And was like, you wanna talk about attacked? Like here's, you know, the last 30 years of attacking. <laughs> I'm like, help me understand how I can help you because I don't want to. <laughs> And it was in that moment that like some people came up to me after the meeting, they didn't say anything in the meeting. And they came up to me after the meeting and they were like, oh my God, you are so right. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I realized like how insidious racism is, sexism, insert all the isms, when people who had privilege didn't even feel safe mm. saying it in the room or didn't have the balls to be a true ally and to be complicit to upholding my truth and helping folks understand my truth. So it's been a long journey. And I think particularly as a Latina and as someone who can present very young and having been in spaces with top leadership, who's, you know, a whole bunch of old white guys, it's been really interesting to get my perspective believed 
or appreciated or validated. And at the same time, I'm like, I think that's where, especially in the workplace, employee retention is so important. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, if you're not going to give me a sense of belonging here, guess what? It's 2022. Your girl got a PhD. Bye bye. I'm going to find a place where I'm going to go and do great work because my job is not all of me. What's more important to me is my family, you know, my business, my ability to contribute to the global workforce in some way. And I'm going to find options out there. And uh, through my network, literally every job I have gotten has been through somebody that I know that has said, hey, you have amazing skills. You have uh, amazing talent would you be interested in xyz and i'm like all right let's go because again we don't have to be in those spaces where we're not being held up and it's also a privilege that i can do that because i have citizenship i have education i have a partner that you know if something does go south i don't feel the Um, threat of losing everything and so I also do want to name that that like my opportunities have come because of some of the other privileges that I carry as a person who can speak English fluently and speak Spanish fluently so it's really important that like for me as I continue doing the work that I do it's honoring all of the pieces, not being ashamed of the things that have held me back and also naming the things that have helped me succeed and saying that, okay, we still need to keep opening the door. If you're going to let a little drip in, watch out, gente, because I'm going to open that up. And you know how a Latino party gets. It's like, oh, it's just supposed to be a small get together. Five people turns into 50. And that's what I want to do in all the spaces I occupy. I love that. I love that. And I love um, how you mentioned the new age thinking, because when I was younger, it was like, you at this job, you take it, you need it. You can't, you know, you, you take it because that's what you're supposed to, because you need a job, you need a job. And now new age thinking, especially after 2020, is like, nah, I don't have to take this because I feel like 2020 gave us that moment to reprioritize. You know, like work with work was at number one, but by the end of 2020, no, I like I like watching TV with my husband. Right, like I, I like TikTok. Like it, it just reprioritized. So people are. That's probably why there's a great migration within the work now, or or a great resignation. I forget which one it was, but they're leaving. And so it's like you know, um, because people are like, I don't have to take this. Especially with people that have like education and experience on their back. And it's just like, I don't, I, somebody, somebody will, uh, you know, will take me or someone will know how my value. I don't have to take this part from you. And then you mentioned things like George Floyd, like I'm not about to be disrespected anymore. So I feel like we're not the same. Mm-mm. And I feel like with these little laws, these little low key laws that they're not letting everybody in on, it's trying to like take us backwards, but no, I, I don't think there's a backwards. I keep telling people that there is no returning to 1960s, 70 thinking because people are not there anymore. You're, you're not going to jail me mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You're not going to jail me in any type of way. 
Yes. I love that. Not going to jail me in any type of way because you're right. And when it comes to the powers that be, right, whiteness, ableism, sexism, all of these things will try to do that. And if they can't do it directly by having you believe a certain thing, they're going to do it based in power and try to control the power that's out there. And we're seeing that as we're headed up to our midterm elections for this year. And, you know, with this episode dropping before voting, go out and vote. The midterm is the most important election because it will set up what's going to happen for the next six years. And so many folks, you know, like my family, we're Puerto Rican, so my family does have the privilege of getting to vote. And I'm like, ma, pa, you gotta vote. Like, if you're not voting, then pa'que, pa'que, why, why do it? Because it's gonna make a difference, because it's holding me back by saying, oh, in this state, we don't say gay, Florida. Or abortion, saying, oh, no, we don't believe in those here, so nobody can have one. So go across to this other state, take on all this other money, make it a class issue, because there are some companies, like my company, they will cover any fees necessary if you do need to travel to cover an abortion. But again, why me and why a white collared company can do it but you might have somebody who's 17 or 18 years old and they can't afford it so it can't become a class issue to also then say oh well it's all okay you can do it if you work here or here so i highly agree that the more we continuously showcase what is happening People can't hide from it. And I think 2020, particularly around the racial re-reckoning, because we've been reckoning forever, (laughs) right? (laughs) It's always been happening. But for those who are like, I had no idea. Uh, For those who had some reckons to come on in, there was nothing else going on, right? It was everybody was at home. Everybody was seeing it. And guess what? Just because now things are opening up, we can travel again, we can go back to our lives it doesn't mean things have changed for the worse but it also hasn't changed for the better and we still have so much work to do to be able to say we can't go back to the 60s we can't go back to the 70s when you have these political engines of people who are like straight up in their 70s like again i love me some joe biden but dude's like what 78 i'm like it's gonna die like Damn, my grandparents didn't even make it that long. Like, wowzers, he's got some great doctors, you know? Good luck, Joe. Uh, So I think that's also something to remember. It needs to be us and our generation. And especially I'm so excited about, you know, those coming behind us, like Mm -hmm. college-age students, high schoolers, even all the way down to middle schoolers who are now saying this is not okay, that they can't feel safe in their own classrooms. This is not okay that children are dying because they chose to go to school for the day, Uvaldi. It is not okay. And we all need to be able to raise our collective voices. And again, when power or powers that can be, right, are able to lull people back to sleep, then yeah, they can do whatever the hell they want. And I think it's too late for that now. People are too conscious, too aware, and you can't unsee what you've already seen. 
Exactly. Exactly. I don't. There was another um, another mass shooting today in St. Louis, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And, and I saw something on Instagram where um, they're in, in Texas. They're um, it's an option, but the parents can do like a send a DNA, a fingerprint, and some other type of DNA stuff so that they can recognize the kid in the event of a school shooting. Why can't we put that energy into security? in the school like what what yes why aren't we doing things that are preventative exactly. like providing community resources for you know out of, especially out of the pandemic mental health has come more and more to the forefront right because guess what people have been struggling with this forever it's just now it's not as taboo to talk about but then even in communities of color, it's still, oh, esta loca esa. She goes to therapy, esta loca, you know? And so even we still have so much work to do. So instead of trying to be reactive, we should be preventative. And again, who's gonna have time to do that, right? It's gonna be parents that are privileged, that have the time to go to the PTA meeting to go say XYZ thing on the mic. And it's gonna be those who are able to have the headspace to even think about those things because they've got enough other stuff going on. So I really think, and especially as like BIPOC folks who are educated, it's our role to go back and say, all right, I'm gonna make space for this because I know that there's like five or six moms here that can't be here on a Thursday night for a PTA meeting for two hours and share that vision. And yeah, I'm gonna show up and be in there and be the angry Latina because again, it's I'm not alone and I'm not the only parent like that. And I'm not the only person saying and demanding we need better for our kids. And that's the part that I really take pride in and really appreciate getting to serve my community in that way too. Yeah. Because otherwise we're just like, oh, okay, well, my life's great. Bye. <laughs> And then you're doing the same thing as white supremacy wants you to do to other yourself from everybody else and be like, oh, you're good. Bye. Cheesema, cheesema. And I'm like, nah, I want all my friends in with me. Exactly. Exactly. And and what's so awkward about the shooting is, OK, so I'm from Chicago, Illinois. So when I went to high school, we have metal detectors. We have people patting us down. In the inner city, We're, those schools are actually safer than in with the higher property tax. And you rarely hear, or if ever, a mass shooting in an inner city, at an inner city school. It's in the privileged neighborhood. And it's like, you're so privileged that you don't think that you need to have this type of security in your school when this is where the shootings are happening. And so that's where I, I can't wrap my mind around. <laughs> I know. And it, it's this false sense, right? And I think yeah. that's one of the things that makes me so sad. Like having grown up in the largest and most diverse school district outside of New York City in New York, like that was every day. It was, oh, okay, closed campus. You can't come in, you can't go out. Like we know where you are at all times. You need to be wearing an ID. Like it was the way it was and to know that people went to schools where they're like, oh yeah, I just come and go and do this. And I'm like, we're teaching our kids from the very beginning in their school age, oh, you're different. And that is not okay. 
And we need to be able to say, hey, all kids need to be safe. And here are the ways we do that. And how can we also make sure that kids can be kids too? Yeah, I, I I I totally agree. I totally agree with that. So before we keep going with the um with the interview, I just want to stop right here for a quick break so we can um hear from our sponsors from Better Health, and we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Better Health. People often think anxiety looks one way, but it has many faces and many emotions that sometimes can be overwhelming and daunting. I know about this feeling all too well. Because at a point, I felt powerless to my emotions, almost to the point of drowning in them. So I decided to seek out a therapist to later learn that I have generalized anxiety disorder. If you have been experiencing the same feeling, please know that BetterHelp is here to help. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You have the option of talking with a therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in under 48 hours. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific need and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Then you will schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you get to exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Thanks to therapy, I learned the tools that I needed to conquer my anxiety and over-obsessive thinking. I did it afraid, and I took that leap to talk with someone, to later learn that it was going to be okay, and that I was going to be okay. Please know that you can request a new therapist at no additional charge, anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced Better Health therapist. And better yet, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash B-Y-O-K. That's betterhelp.com slash B-Y-O-K because you deserve it. Okay, we are back. We are back. So, so Dr. K, you have a podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. I do have a podcast and that's how we found each other. I'm so, so appreciative of the Women of Colors podcasting group to be able to connect with other women who are telling our own truths through the medium of podcasting. I ended up falling into this. So again, I'm a nerd and I love me some data. And I was listening to this Nielsen report last year on diversity. And they did a whole section on podcasting and said that the largest group of listeners are Latina women. And I was like, all right, those are the people I want to talk to. And I want to build community with them. And I want to be able to do that in a way that, you know, like you've seen here today. I got me some juice, some glitter, some like excitement about life. And I can't really do that in the written medium, (laughs) like insert emoji here, maybe. (laughs) Uh, But I really thought podcasting would be that way of getting to tell stories. My most favoritest thing is chisme, which is gossip, telling the news, just conversating between friends. And that became the wellness chisme chat. And on there, I invite 
folks who identify as BIPOC to share what does wellness mean to them? Super open, open-ended. I have a couple of prompts, you know, basically asking how they've exhibited wellness, what does it mean to them? How do they find hope in the day? And then, you know, again, a consejo or some advice for folks who are listening that they might need to hear. I have had the opportunity to interview some friends. I interviewed my brother twice because it didn't record. Uh, And I just really have loved podcasting. It was inspired by one of my mentors, Dr. Michelle uh, Espino Lira, and she's the host of Latinx Inteligencia, where she uh, interviews academic, Latinx identified academics in higher education. And I was like, that's super cool that she's doing that. I was like, I wonder if I could too. So again, that theme of seeing others before me, and now I want to open the door for others behind me to know that podcasting is awesome. It's easy. I learned it over the weekend. I bought, you know, my, my little mic here for 30 bucks on Amazon and was like, all right, let's see what kind of trouble I can get myself into. And it's been awesome. Nice. I love that microphone. I'm going to need a link to that. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. I will send it to you. Thank you. So here at BYOK, we have a staple question or signature question. And it is, if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Mm -hmm. So my favorite word to describe myself is glitter. It is shiny. And, uh, you know, it just brings joy to people when they see it. It also is annoying that once it's stuck on you, it's not going anywhere. And I am very much the, hey, once you're my people, you're my people and I'm never letting you go ever in a non-creepy way, of course. And a great example of that is, you know, I'm getting together with a group of girlfriends from different walks of my life and they don't know each other but I was like, all of y'all need to know each other and we need to all be together. And we're headed on a ladies vacation in November to Cancun where, again, these are people, their only common denominator is me. And I was like, you know what? We need to all be together, you my people. So they got glitter all over them. And now we're gonna spread some joy together. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, my, my, Every time I bring out the glitter, especially Christmas, my husband is like, Oh, this is gonna be here to March. <laughs> yes. So yes. Where, can people, where can people find you? Well, please, please, please find me on all things social media. You can find me on Instagram at La Brega Yoga, TikTok at La Brega Yoga. I don't know what the heck I'm doing with TikTok. So follow me. That's kind of more like my day to day life of like, yeah, that looks like a cool video. <laughs> I'll post it. Uh, so that's like my experiment space. Of course, if you're interested in following me around wellness, meditation, and the workplace, you can follow me on LinkedIn. I do post a bi-monthly newsletter on LinkedIn, and you can find me at Dr. K or Dr. Kelly Alfarado Young. And that is another great medium to engage in some of the conversations around how do we create a diverse, inclusive workplace while also incorporating some yoga, meditation, and cheese me. 
So those are my top three places. And then of course, what? Sign up for my newsletter. It's always super cool. I always send those newsletters out twice a month. And I highlight the episode of the day, a book that I'm reading that I would recommend to you, usually a Latinx owned business or a Latina owned business. And just some cheese of whatever the heck I'm thinking about. I am currently preparing to host a 2023 goal planning session. So how do we incorporate mindfulness into our goal planning? So please check out uh, the show notes. I'll make sure you have the link to drop that in as well. And it's just on my website at La Brega Yoga. Oh no, not it's www.labregayoga.com. So just type in La Brega Yoga and you'll find me at some point. <laughs> Nice, nice. Before we wrap up, anything you want to uh, say or add? Oh my gosh, just thank you so much for this opportunity to share space with you. It has been such a joy to just, again, have our stories out there and to be able to share a little bit more about mine. And I really hope to stay connected with you and your audience. Same here, same here. Yeah, I'm also glitter, so. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dr. K, for um, just, I don't know, just sharing your light. Like, man, such a magnetic energy. And I just thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge with us today. And listeners, I hope that you've actually grabbed something out of this about just being okay with just being okay. That's what being kind is about. Like, just, just being in the workplace, at home at the pool, I don't care, wherever you're at, just being safe enough and confident enough in you. So until next time, don't um, don't forget to be kind to each other and to yourself. Bye-bye. Nos vemos, ciao.